Prepare to be violated by Dennis Quaid's performance of a lifetime. Welcome to episode 26 of Get Spoiled. My name is Samantha Herman, joined as always by my co-hosts Jeremy Knight and Chris Wilson, and today we'll be spoiling the feature film, The Intruder. drowning in programming now there's like a new christina applegate show that kind of looks good it does look good the one with uh linda yeah fucking linda again every which way can't get enough of her can't shake I don't watch her fucking... hey, hey um watch anything i have a question what movie are we doing today <laughs> oh i'm ready i'm ready uh it's a feature film called the intruder the intruder okay i thought so i need to watch the trailer for this all right now get that in get it added in the queue I'm watching it. I'm turning it on right yeah, now. Do that. Then we'll talk Thrones, and then I'll tell you what happens in this movie. Trailer. Who's that guy? Dennis Quaid. Oh, the other guy. Michael Ealy. Michael Ealy. Hmm. Dennis I've always Quaid. enjoyed him. Quaid looks the same. What do you think the best Quaid is? This, been in nine... this, this, this is his... <laughs> I'm not kidding. It's not his best movie. It is his best performance. <laughs> okay. His performance in this is major. I'm gonna see it. He goes for what? it. I I can't. I okay. I just turned on the trailer. This is so good. I, what is what is this movie about? I don't understand. It's a, like a neighbor from he, hell. He doesn't want to leave. So this is like a a neighbor from hell it's, movie. It's tagged drama, horror, and mystery. Yeah. Is that accurate? Because it yeah, looked kind of like a comedy from the first half no, of the trailer. No, definitely not comedy. Oh. But I, also not really horror. I would say, you know, like thriller. It's like a hand that rocks the cradle. Yeah. But instead of a nanny, it's the neighbor. But a hand that rocks the cradle with just Quaid only goofily mugging for the camera. Yes. <laughs> well, that's a choice he's making. <laughs> okay. And it's a choice. It doesn't feel it's the particularly right scary. No, it was okay, the right I see. choice. <laughs> All right. So, wow. Wow. So, okay, I just wow. Asked, I was looking at Dennis Quaid's credits, and he's got 99, which I always think is just weird and magical. Um, this yeah. was his 99th movie. And I was just thinking, and I just said, Sam, what do you think the best Quaid is? And she instantly said this. <laughs> best performance of his career. A yes. 99 film career. Yes. Honestly, I'm looking through his credits, and while he's always likable, he's rarely great. Yeah, and in he's... this, he is great. It is major what he does oh, in wow. this movie. <laughs> I really liked him in. Uh, I liked him in that movie with, the fuck was that called? It had Topher Grace in it. Oh, that was good. Yeah, Company Man or something like that. No, that's oh. a different one. That's Ben Affleck getting fired from his job. This is Dennis Quaid getting fired from his job. When the fuck did that movie come out? Very I do. I'm am um, visualizing the Topher Grace one though. In Good Company. That's right. So I Both read uh, a new article that uh, supposes that maybe. Bran is the big bad of the show after all. Who cares though? Do you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, no, Who I do know what you fuck? mean. I don't care. I like if he uh, wasn't yeah, in the rest care. of the, the show. The fact that we don't care okay about that, that is insane. By the way, 
I, I need to. Can we send each other some of these things? I yeah. have to send you guys a YouTube video. Please send me. Our, I need to process this more by reading, reading about everything. it more. And I'm on a different thread with like the like LA Canadians. I yep. forget mm-hmm. who I've sent stuff to. So I'll gather all of it and I'll send it your way. If you could uh, whip up a quick bibliography, uh, Chicago style, actually, <laughs> not MLA. Um, I'll take MLA. It's problematic. She has no people. However, she has two dragons and about a dozen um, immortal gods. Yes. She has so, the Avengers. She has the Avengers. She's good. Speaking of which, Chris, you haven't seen that, have you? I haven't seen it. I, uh, will, I want to talk I about it for like it. nine hours straight. I, I'm that. I've been thinking about a lot, and it was very emotional. <laughs> it was. Yeah. Can we please? I can't. I have to. I have to. Yeah. You have to. See I don't it. even thing, want to see it. I have to. You have to see it. The thing that's you interesting it, is like, which ones it. can you not have seen and still be able to go to it? I think there's two, maybe. It's crazy. I cannot believe the degree to which this movie requires you to have seen 20 movies. I think it, you could, if you didn't, you wouldn't know what's going on. I think you could have not seen Black Panther and just know that Black Panther I exists. I have seen it. Yep. Mm-hmm. I and think Captain you could Marvel. not have seen Captain Marvel and done like four minutes of internet research. That's exactly what I did. I read the Wikipedia plot <laughs> on my phone while the credits were by the trailers. <laughs> but that's it. I think you have to have seen Doctor Strange. You have to, maybe you could yep. have not seen Ragnarok, but you could have skipped Iron Man two, or two, but um, not three, not three, not three, <laughs> guys. Oh <my> <laughs> okay, I'm gonna see it this week. I'll, I'll say just this: this isn't really this isn't a spoiler. I think it's okay to say as I didn't like cry in the theater or anything, but I was moved. Uh, oh yeah, and when I came. When I came home, Mel was like, what happened? Like, even who doesn't give a shit about this stuff? But she was like, what? Yeah. She wanted to know, like, what happens at the fucking end? Um, and when I was describing what happened to each of the main characters, when I got to Captain America, I almost I almost <laughs> cried. <I'm> telling Mel. <laughs> That's the best thing I've ever heard. <laughs> to say it out loud was like, I was like, oh, my God. Like, that is. Uh, oh, Avengers. Avengers. You have to see how major Hemsworth's performance was, and second best performance for me was Brolin. Okay, I, I'm going to give second best to the OG Tony Stark. Um, I, he was, as he's always been, the best. <laughs> <laughs> but he's first the place you're still giving to Hemsworth, you agree? I think so. There are a few scenes where he uh, has more depth, more range. I do it, like a Hemsworth. Yeah. I was I was brought to a new place by him. At, yeah. At first I was like, okay, well, I'm, I mean, without saying what it is, it's like, okay, this is the, okay, he's going to play this, this one note. And it's a, it's an interesting note, but no, he shows so much. Yeah. Okay, guys. <laughs> you know who else shows, shows so much? Dennis Quaid, apparently. <laughs> in the he intruder. really does. Oh, because man. I'm okay. seeing, right. an, right. I'm seeing an, I'm seeing an equal level of enthusiasm <laughs> for what Quaid brings to this, as what Hemsworth brought to Vengees. Totally, Dennis Quaid's performance wow. in this film is as major as Hemsworth's performance. In you've Vengees. used the word major, <laughs> and you've capitalized the M for describing both performances, and you've yeah. experienced both of these performances very recently. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's only been 12 hours since I got home from the intruder. <laughs> <laughs> While I was putting this okay. together this morning, what I 
realizes uh, that it's just a because I enjoyed the movie while I was watching it, and then when I was putting this together, I was like, well, wait, what happened in this movie? Nothing. It's just a series of major moments by Quaid. But I'll start from the beginning. Uh, Michael Ely is taken home by his best friend, who's also called Mike. So how do you want to play that? In my notes, I've got a Michael and a Mike. And maybe that's going to be too confusing. That's going to not work for me. Wait. Let's so, go with, sorry. Let's go with Which Ely. One is... okay. okay. And Mike. His friend Mike. Very good. Okay, so Mike takes Ely home, and he ruins that they're having a surprise party in a playful way. But uh, they go in, and Ely's wife, Annie has arranged a surprise party for him in celebration of him landing a big deal at work. We don't know what his work is or what the deal is. It doesn't matter yet or really at all. And Annie is is the protagonist. Yes. And Annie, his wife, is played by Megan Good. Correct. I think we should just call her Megan Good. Yeah, okay. Ely comes home. Megan Good is... uh, yeah, she's into a, a party, and he says, and it's, a, it's a congratulations on your new job party." Uh, that he's closed a deal at work, closed and he says, deal. "How did you know?" And she that says, "That must be I some was, deal." Yeah, I was so confident that I set this party up weeks ago. Like that's what? how much I believed in you. I'm like, but how do you wow. know it's going to happen today? A... That's you know, there's confidence, but then there's just being reckless with your plans. That, anyway, well, that's that's what what that is is love. Yeah, she's a great <laughs> wife. She's a great wife, and, and babe to boot. Yeah. Very dedicated. And, and as part of the celebration, I guess he's going to be earning more. Oh, yeah. This friend says, congratulations, you're now the top earner at whatever company we both work for. Details <laughs> unknown. <laughs> I, 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 I long to hear someone actually utter that exact line in a film. <laughs> I mean, it do was pretty really, close. Are you yeah. teasing us because you're setting up a crazy twist later? Not or at all. Do you really not know what his job is? No, I do know, but they hadn't said at this point in the movie. And what I do know that he does has no bearing on anything. So, and I'll just tell you, he's a brand advertising guy. Brand management and advertising guy. As part of his new success, she says, Is it finally time for us to go check out that house in Napa that I've been eyeing? And he says, Sure. Ah, Megan Good had a ulterior motive of throwing this party. Uh, it seemed genuine. I mean, it's fine, but she had her eye on the home. She does. She wants she, to enjoy their love in the sp- natural splendor of Napa. Yeah. Indeed. And that's totally fine. <laughs> so they go to go check it out uh, without a realtor, which I thought, I mean, I've never bought a home, but I thought that seemed a little bit weird, but whatever. They go, and they can't find anyone. They peek around and uh, wind up in the forest area behind the home. So it's very scenic, but very isolated, this home. So wait, so they, they found like a listing? Oh no, the house they knew of already. Yeah. She knew about it. Yeah. yeah. They just go, and then they can't find anyone, and then a gunshot rings out, and they're like, oh my god, what's that? We should go. And then they find a cheeky and rakish Dennis Quaid in the forest, and he's just shot and killed a deer, and he's like, oh, I'm so sorry, I startled you. There's, a, like, a bounty on deer in this area because they're overrunning things. And, guys, we're going to laugh about this one day. And he's... <laughs> <laughs> so he's folksy. I'm telling you, he is major. You know how he, <laughs> like, his natural grin is very cartoonish? Yes. Yes. That just escalates to, huh. like, magnified levels. That so I never thought like, his face could do. I didn't think he could he's achieve like that. He's like Joker-ish. For sure, yeah. 
major, yeah. I think is the word that you've been using numerous times. Yep. Okay. Um, um, can awesome. we just establish, like, what's the relationship like between, uh, uh, what's the dude's name, the protagonist? Ely? Ely and the wife? They seem to be hey, in Ely love. Ely and, and Megan Good? Yeah. Yeah? They're in love, yeah. So they're just like, they're cool. They're just moving on up in the world. Yeah, and they're she wants to start a family forward. and, yeah, get out of the city and have, you know, a lawn to raise her future future children. Okay, so, you know, lots of plans in life. They don't want to get shot. They hear the gunshot. He comes and explains himself. He proves to be a very charming initial host, and the movie continues. Yep. So he's showing them around the house, and he says that it's been his home always. Like, he grew up in this home. And now he's moving on because he lost his wife to cancer two years ago, and uh, he's just ready to make a change, and he's going to move down to Florida to live with his oldest daughter. And he, so he so this for sale by owner. Yeah, I guess. And yeah. he is he lives there right now. Yes. Does he go into the home? They go into the home, and he shows them they around. Do? Shows them around inside. Okay. Oh yeah, uh, and it's there's one room that's like his man cave, and it's just guns everywhere of a like hunting variety, um, and just like just like old fashioned decor that wouldn't suit this cool hip urban couple um but whatever that's just his taste sure and he's showing them around and he points out all like the quaint touches including like a tapestry that's hideous but he loves it and this like really dinky linen closet that he's proud of it's just like this weird built-in little linen closet um and they also ask why is the property called foxglove and he says the surrounding forest used to be overrun with it and uh, now it's more of a rarity but that's why it got its name and then megan says isn't foxglove a poisonous flower and he says you got it like it sure is um which you'd think was going to go somewhere um Uh, spoiler alert (laughs) i i'm suspecting everything right now i'm also i've got my eyes on that linen closet i think he might have installed some sort of secret uh Perv camera room or additional gun ends- storage or additional gun storage, something. Well, I really something. appreciate I you uh, paying closet. attention. You know, I consider, you know, this recap artistry. So I appreciate you following the details. It's a tapestry you weave. And, uh, <laughs> like the ugly one. On this wall. <laughs> I follow the threads that you have woven. You really are. Um, he asks, Hey, Ely, what do you do? And this is when we learned that he's a brand manager and advertising guy. And then he says, In so the biggest problem with this movie in uh, this time of wokeness is everything to do with females. He says, And what do you do? Do you also work, Megan? And she says, Yes, I do. I'm a freelance magazine article writer, and uh, I mostly do articles on female empowerment. Oh, my uh-huh. God. <laughs> Which, um, wow. By the way, does not ever occur in this movie. So she says, I'll go take a stroll while you guys talk. So she, like, truly just, like, leaves the menfolk to haggle over the deal while she wanders (laughs) steps away. It was crazy. She's a writer, you know? She has to follow her muse. She might have a good (laughs) idea for a story about female empowerment. If she looks at the begonias? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) You know, chicks are. It was shocking. So the guys are haggling, and Quaid says... (laughs) 3.5 3.5 million, and Ely's playing it cool, and, you know, pretending like they're not interested, even though she has been very effusive in a private moment between herself and Ely, and, like, he knows that she wants 
to, for him to close the deal. I'm going to forgive her a lot. <laughs> You're going to have to forgive her so much. Every Okay. So Quake, he comes back up and he's like, look, I'm very particular about who takes over my house. This house has meant a lot to me. I have a really good feeling about you guys. I'll drop 200 grand from the price and you can have everything in the interior. You can have all the furniture and my tapestry and the knocked off price. Um, they agree. 3.3 3 million. Yep. Close. Yeah. Well, they get in the car and then Megan says, what do you think? And he says, I'll talk to the guys at work. Like, I'll talk to my bosses and see if we can make it happen. So, like, she has nothing to do with the negotiation. She's not contributing in any. It's just, it's so old fashioned, um, the way their dynamic is. Maybe she's sold some pretty major articles on female empowerment <laughs> to major publications. Maybe. Empowerment Magazine? Empowerment Magazine. <laughs> empowerment um, Weekly? Yeah. Lean in monthly. <laughs> I mean, that's all fair, but just for the rest of the movie, all she does is sit around the home waiting for Ely to come home and preparing pretty um, elaborate meals for him. So, that's okay. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to be tough to keep this going, but I'm yeah. going to keep trying. <laughs> uh, but in any case, the hmm. deal is closed and they arrive for move in day to make the transition. Quaid is there to give him off the keys. He's sad, but he's like, I'm going to Florida soon and starting a new chapter in my life. And, uh, you know, I hope you enjoy it here. And he just keeps saying, like, all these things. Like, oh, did I, did I remember to tell you um, how to do the, uh, the gardening seasonally? I left some stuff in the shed, you know, some mulch or, I don't know, whatever, gardening things. Um, guys, just quick, quick check in with Chris right now. Do you, I mean, it hasn't come up yet. There's been no intruding. But do you have any ideas on who the intruder of this movie might be? <laughs> well, I mean, considering that there's only three characters. Um, and four, I've... Ely's best friend, Mike. Don't forget about oh, Mike. Oh, <laughs> yeah. I mean. Never forget about Mike. The tagline is, your house, his home. Oh, mine says, don't let him in. I'm looking at some alternative posters here. Both affl- both phrases apply. Um, later, they've settled in, and uh, Mike and his wife or girlfriend or someone who's pretty unnamed and uh, treated just in the same subjugated manner that Megan Good is, they come over for dinner, I don't know, celebrate the new home, and yeah. throughout the meal, at one point, Mike goes outside to simultaneously take a whiz in their garden and smoke a cigarette. <laughs> Mike. <laughs> Mike's a bit of a, a rascal, it sounds like. He's well, got a I was going to yeah. say, he just, they live on a big plot of land, so he just decides to let fly. Yeah, it's huge. And it backs onto this forest where, you know, you can do hunting. Dude, um, all right. It's I very love, rustic. I He's connecting with nature. Yeah. I love peeing outside. <laughs> peeing in the woods is one of the great pleasures. It is. It is a nice, it's a nice time. Yeah. It's not my cup of tea. But anyway... The next day, so they sleep over. The next day, when Mike and the wife leave, he notices there's a cigarette burn mark in his pristine sports car in the seat, in the driver's seat. And he was like, you should stop smoking, buddy. And he's like, I would never smoke in this car. This car is my sanctuary. Like, this is weird. It's not their first indication that something is afoot. The cigarette burn is in Mike's car? Yeah. Okay. Okay. I worry for Mike. I'm worried for Mike. And uh, I think he may be marked. Marked for death. (laughs) 
Do you think he has a lot of time left? No, I do not. <laughs> I think okay. he's going to get intruded. He's gonna, yeah, I was going to say. So I've been uh, I've been looking through some of the shots of the movie too, just screenshots and stuff. And is there multiple structures on the property? Like, there's the main house, but is, there seems to be like a gate and or maybe a guest house. Um, there... there's just there's the main house and then the shed with all of the like planting things that Quaid mentioned. Got it. Okay, it's just a nice shed. Got yeah. it. <laughs> that was one of the major <laughs> selling points for them. They're like, honey, you know that house in Napa with the really nice shed. <laughs> We could put all our gardening items in there. <laughs> and that crazy guy who lives there who may or may not murder us all. <laughs> so what's going to unfold now is just a sequence of times where Dennis Quaid shows up uninvited and different dynamics of that. And I may have gotten them a bit out of order, but that happens. Does it matter? I don't no, think it No, it happens like just 10 different times. So I'm just going to go through all of it. Not much else happens in like the rest of their lives. We don't and, really and, see and, him at work much. Um, how to start. So, first time he shows up, um, and he's mowing the lawn. And Mayan sees him from the window, and she calls Ely at work, and she's like, you you won't believe it, but Dennis Quaid is here mowing our lawn. He's like, why? She's like, I have no idea. So she goes up to approach him, and he says, I just noticed that the grass was getting a little unwieldy, and... Uh, I thought I would help out. She's like, I thought you moved to Florida. And he says, oh, that got delayed. <laughs> uh, my daughter isn't quite prepared for me yet. So I'm just sticking around to the local hotel, the Royal Hotel in downtown Napa. And I just happened by. And, uh, yeah, I figured I would just do this. And she said, did you get this? It's like a riding lawnmower. Mm-hmm. And she says, did you get that from the shed? He's like, that's where I keep it. I keep it. You see, he's still very attached to this home. Yes. And she, That's, like, her yeah. entire, uh, like, feedback towards him is sympathy and pity and thinking that he's a sweet, lonely guy. And she feels that way for just an amount of time that is not reasonable. She's just trusting. She just trusts. She's a giving, trusting person. Yeah, she's she just see the best in people. Warm-hearted. Yep. Sam, I think you have it out for Megan Good. I do. I think she's a home. fully I think she's a fully fleshed out real woman. <laughs> I mean I like her I outfits. Think, <laughs> I think we've established that Samantha is Team Quaid in this yeah, film. I'm, That's I'm true. fully Team Quaid. <laughs> That's true. And I think it seems like you gotta be Team Quaid or 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 team everybody else in this movie. I mean, there's no team Mike going on, I don't think. No. I, I, I think Jeremy might be on that. He's like in the triple A yeah. team, Mike. I, I'm, I follow team Mike. I wouldn't say I support team Mike, but I follow team Mike. I'm but trapped. when you're in, your, in the big leagues, what are you? I guess you're you're actually team Megan Good. I'm team Megan Good. Yeah, I'm I team un- undecided. That's fair. Um. So, so he he's just driving the riding lawnmower around the property. And Megan Good goes, okay, well, I've accepted that explanation and goes back you're and on my property. or whatever the fuck. Yeah, she's like, you really don't have to do that. But she's not annoyed by it. She's like kind of grateful and just that's unnecessary. Whereas when she repeats this to Ely, he's much more unsettled. He's like, that's really weird. Why would he do that? He doesn't live here anymore. So he finds it intrusive as a normal, reasonable human would. Correct. Uh, and... Uh, let's see. Oh, in that, she's like, well, you're not going to be happy about this then, honey. I invited him to Thanksgiving. <laughs> okay, I'm he... not Team Megan Good. <laughs> no, I'm not either. 
Um, she sees a lonely man who's having a hard time cl- letting go of his life that he once knew, and out of a goodness, out of a Christian spirit, invites him to join them for Thanksgiving. How okay. dare you both? How <laughs> well, dare you wait. both? I think I'd, I need to qualify that. Um, when she says Thanksgiving, and I guess we're about to find this out, does she mean literally the two of them in their new home, or does she mean a Thanksgiving gathering with numerous people where he could mingle with some neighborhood or some family friends of theirs? Um, that no, is an excellent pretty, question. It's a pretty intimate meal. It's just Mike and the wife and Quaid. Oh, so oh. he's the fifth wheel. Yeah. But before we get to Thanksgiving, Megan and Ely go to the local ice cream shop, and after she's gotten hers and taken a seat, she notices that he's speaking a little bit flirtatiously with the ice cream girl, and she gets very upset. Ely's got a wandering eye. Meanwhile, she's showing so much compassion, just generally. That's right. Would she you thought say... this new home was going to bring them together, but maybe it's not. <laughs> she's got a lot riding on this. <laughs> Uh, would you say she was overly upset, like too upset for the cir- circumstance? Yes. Uh, do I'm going to take a shot. Ely has a past of infidelity. Jeremy, you really are following the seeds. That doesn't come up yet, but yes, he he does. Once a cheater, always a cheater, Megan. That's Megan Good only rose. Her stock just rose even more when I know <laughs> I mean, she's had to put up with. It does show consistency because she's been showing so much broad compassion and love that uh, to all of a sudden not show it must indicate past traumas. Yep, exactly. Thanksgiving arrives. It's just the five of them. And Ely shows Quaid around and highlights all the changes that they've been implementing. You know, new flat screen TV. They've painted a lot. So, like, some time has elapsed since they've taken over the home. And you say five because Mike brought the same lady again? Yeah. His partner. Well, we'll call her his partner. Yeah, her. That lady. I get. Gets no characterization. Um, her. And the tapestry is gone, and they've replaced it with a different painting, and he is incensed, but he's keeping it somewhat held in. But uh, we, as the audience, can tell that Dennis Quaid is not happy. And later, throughout the meal, when Mike says oh, you should really rip down that wall and you can expand this and that. And Quaid goes mental and he says, this house has integrity. You can't just rip down a wall. And then they get into a verbal altercation about um, whether things have souls. And Dennis Quaid says, I was a structural engineer and I feel like I imbued all the bridges and tunnels and everything that I built with my soul and they have a soul of their own. And you can't just like willy-nilly knock down something that's had so much care and he envisions smashing Mike in the face with a wine bottle. We we see uh, him flash. We see him have that fantasy. Yes. I'm so worried for Mike. <laughs> <laughs> but when I saw the vision of it, I for a minute thought it really it did happen. Happened. And I was like, right. well, this is a bold move 15 minutes in and I was into it, but then yeah. it was just the vision. That would have been amazing, but not yeah. at Thanksgiving. Quaid's not that kind of guy. No, he's too respectful of a guest. But he leaves, leaving the four of them behind. After he's gone, they hear a noise. The guys go running off into the woods to go check things out. And uh, meanwhile, the ladies back at the house make fun of their city folk men. They're like, oh, I'm sure they're lost out there now. Like, they couldn't find, you know, something in the woods if their life depended on it. And then they talk about how Quaid is... Um, rugged and handsome and a real man's man. <laughs> Jesus. 
what are the age what are the age dynamics going on here what how i feel like they're all pretty young and quade's quite a bit older yeah the main people are, are like our age but quade yeah quade is like the next generation up but very virile in their opinion in the woods the guys see a truck off into the distance and when they run towards it it hightails it off and they're flummoxed by that and so it's like in the woods it's not fully on the property but it's near enough for it to be very unsettling they come back and recount this to the women who are very dismissive of it but mike accurately points out his hypothesis that dennis quaid is the one who left the cigarette burn mark in his car which i believed at this point to be true but uh the others wave it off they don't have a counter argument but they say I don't think so. That's a little. They say he could never. Yeah. He could never. It must have been someone else who <laughs> was standing outside our home smoking that threw a cigarette butt in your car. Yeah. But Mike. We don't know who, but another person. Someone else. Mike very perceptively says he's clearly very attached to this home and he feels like I defiled it. I'm going to level with you guys. I went outside and took a piss on your lawn. And he's upset. Like he just says it all exactly as it was, but they don't yeah. care to listen. Wow. They've tossed Mike aside really quickly. Real quick. In favor of Quaid. Yep, but Ely does take the measure to install a security system, and as it's being installed outside, Quaid shows up, like, vrooming over in his truck and goes mental. He's like, Ray or, like, Randy, whatever the, like, installer guy's name, and he's like, you don't drill into my house. Um, and Because it's, it's a small town and everyone knows each other? Yeah, it's Randy, yeah, the yeah. home security installation guy. Yeah. Of course, like, Randy's home saw, security. I saw yeah. a security truck pass by, and I had to come over here and make sure you weren't doing anything to my to my house. And Ely says, we had a prowler who isn't you, for sure, but we have someone prowling, and uh, I'm just taking measures to protect my wife. And Quaid says, it's just high schoolers. They go into the woods and party. It's no big deal. <sighs> you know... I'm glad that you're so behind Quaid's performance <laughs> because like the story of this movie, like it's bare, like, it's... okay, he doesn't want to leave. Like, <laughs> I get it. Okay. But you're saying that the, these are, there's 10 incidents or so. Of, I, I, I barely of hit the surface. Yeah. Okay. So he's going to keep showing up so many more times. So uh, later the floodlights that have been newly installed do go off and Ely runs out with his baseball bat um, and, and on this occasion, it really is high schoolers, and we can hear them in the distance. And when they hear the, see the floodlights, they're like, "Guys, like, get in! We gotta go!" But in a flash of lightning, at the same time, we see that Dennis Quaid is just standing there on the property as well. Is it scary? Uh, a little bit, yeah. I thought it actually was shot well. There were some cool visual choices, and I was very tense by the end in a way that I think was meant to be. Later, Ely is at a neighborhood cafe, and he meets a new neighbor who says, Oh, I've been meaning to say hello. I live a mile up the road. That Dennis Quaid uh, sure is quite the character, huh? And Ely says, What do you mean? He says, Well, you know his wife died in that house, right? He's like, Yeah, I know. Uh, he mentioned that she'd been ill. And the neighbor says, Well, she might have had cancer. I don't know about that. But what I do know is that she was killed by a blast of a shotgun to the face that <laughs> he said it was suicide, but uh, I don't know. I wouldn't get too close. And he just saunters off. Ely looks it up, does some light research, and he recounts to Megan that Quaid 
was never prosecuted due to lack of evidence, but that the wife was killed by shotgun, considered a suicide, but there was a suspicious investigation off the bat, and they find bloodstains in the room where probably it occurred, and Megan Good just says, that doesn't mean he's a murderer. Like, she just completely dismisses it, does not care at all. Are, does anyone say, let's wash out these bloodstains? Out nope. of our home? <laughs> no, they don't. Yeah. Whatever. Maybe I'm a neat, I'm a neat, I'm a neat freak. I, you know, I have to wipe up any spill immediately, but that's just me. No, uh, instead, Megan says, do you even want this? Do you even want this life together? And he says, I'm just trying to get, get comfortable in my own home, and it's really hard when this guy keeps showing up. She says, I love it here, and I just need you to also commit to this lifestyle or not. Like, she takes it all out on him. This is the kind of... This is the kind of situation where you really want another character in the mix, maybe a kid or someone, one of their siblings or something to like get a gauge on whether she's acting normally or he, like who's being unreasonable here in this movie's world. Uh, you know, in my opinion, she is. Yeah, but we don't live in the movie's world. Yeah. What do you what do you think the movie wanted you to think? What do you think the director's intent was? I think they, like, she's definitely making some poor choices, but I think we're not supposed to feel angry about it. We're supposed to feel like she's just, as you described, compassionate and sympathetic, and um, she hasn't come to terms with how weird this is yet. Whereas I felt rage toward her. Yeah. I'm really struggling in between these two right now because (laughs) they're both kind of unreasonable in their own ways. Yeah. Mike only, only Mike is in, mean, an innocent. Oh, only Mike. Yeah, yeah, he's the only voice of reason. Yeah, he's got clarity at least, you know. Um, but anyway, another time Quinn shows up. <laughs> <laughs> this time he's holding uh, a gun slung on his shoulder, and he's like, "Hey guys, I was just uh, hunting in the forest, and uh-huh. pop, wanted to pop by." And then Ely goes mental. And he says, there can be no guns on my property. And this is the first time he's indicated that he has this problem with it. But he just goes from zero to like a million. And he says, my brother, when I was 12, was shot down. There can be no guns on my property. Uh, This has never come up before. And barely comes up again. But, uh, you know, he's traumatized by this incident, of course. Yep. And and, so his issue this time wasn't really about the Popeye. It wasn't about Popeye number five. It was the gun. Is that he had a gun with him. <laughs> I mean, it's all of it. He says during one of these, maybe this time, hey, you need to call ahead if you're going to stop by. And Quaid says, oh. you guys aren't from the city. Or, I mean, you guys aren't from here. You're city folk. I'll honor that. Like, I'll adapt to your way of life. I get it. Even though right. what I'm doing is Even totally normal Even though what I'm doing here. is normal, right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But yeah, that uh, does happen at one point. All right. Well, good. Yeah. This movie is doing very little for me, at least like other than pushing me towards team Quaid. Cause I can't <laughs> get behind either of the other characters and their actions and motivations. Like they're two extremes and neither of them are correct. Yeah. So Quaid, even though he's probably a literal murderer, he's my guy. <laughs> he was my guy. I was rooting for whatever was going to happen to Megan good to happen to her. <laughs> like, as, as soon as possible. Yeah. Like, she's like, come in for a cup of coffee, and he shoots her in the face. <laughs> like, you've earned this. Yeah, like, uh, really early on in the movie, too. You guys just can't stand to see a powerful woman succeed. 
That's what I you hate most in this there. world. Um, so, but while... Sam writes articles on female disempowerment. <laughs> yeah. They're good reads, but you know. During this hunting sequence, he sees they have a Christmas tree on the top of the car, and he brings out his pocket knife and hands it over to Ely to help him untether it from the top of the car in a way that's a bit menacing. And he says, oh, by the way, did you also see all the Christmas decorations that I left for you? Uh, why don't I just show you now? And he has, like, all the stuff that he's left in the garage of lights and such. He's like, come on in. Like, I'll just, I'll lay it all out and show you what I've got. And Ely says, I think we're fine. We're just going to spend the evening ourselves. He's getting, like, a little bit more stern, and he makes him leave. The next day, or soon after, he shows up again this time, it's only Megan that's home, and he has a bottle of wine, he's there to apologize, and she says, what you did yesterday wasn't your fault. You couldn't have known that his brother was shot in a gun incident, and he just gets very triggered by that. Triggered, not pun intended, even though wordplay. Uh, Good note. And you couldn't have known. You couldn't have known that you were going to bring those emotions up. I mean, that's true, but do you, did you say that she brought him a bottle of wine? He brings her a bottle of wine to apologize. Oh, ah. Ely's at work? Ely's at work, and she invites Quaid in to decorate and hang out and enjoy that bottle of wine. Decorate while, for Christmas. Yeah. Okay. While they're there, Ely texts her and says, uh, don't hold dinner for me, I'm going to be home late. She immediately calls him and reams him. And goes mental. She's like, you text me? You don't call me? What? And he's like, I was in a meeting with colleagues and it was loud. I just wanted to let you know I wasn't coming home. She said, you know what happens when you text and not call. What? I knew she's the intruder. (laughs) Quaid is listening to all of this. Uh, Right after. What does happen? (laughs) He He intrudes on another. Yeah. Well, yeah. Basically. But right after that, Ely returns to his meeting, which includes a lusty and busty female uh, client, and she makes a move <laughs> on him of a kiss, and he says, I can't, I need to get home. And that's the oh, long and wow. short of that incident. That woman is never in the movie again. <laughs> <laughs> there's um, a lot of, there's like a, a lot of ups and downs going on. Yeah, you know? that that night he comes home and they get in, they continue the fight. And she says, the last time you texted me and didn't call, you're with another woman. He says, I know, but we went to couples counseling. We got married. We bought this house. We're building we a future it. together. Like, either you can get past it or you can't. I, I'm doing the work. Either yeah. you can accept me or you can't. And at that point, like, you know what? If she had broken up with you, that would have been valid. But she didn't. And he's right. Yeah, I still ride with Megan. Good, obviously, always and forever. But she needs to accept that texting is you can't never text again. That's not. Yeah, that can't be the decision here. That's not reasonable. It's not reasonable. She's maybe not so much into tech like you are, Jeremy. (laughs) Yeah, guys, like I, I text. You know what I mean? Like I text with the best of them. Yeah, you text. You 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 post your stories. You check mm-hmm. stories. You um. You check in your whereabouts. You tweet. You check in. You I check tweet. out. You I snap. Postmate. I snap. snap. You you um. You I pin. Dig. I pin. D- you dig. 
I dig. You mean I, you stumble upon? Yeah. You uh, <laughs> you ask Jeeves constantly. <laughs> And of course, as we actually, all know, actually it's a throwback. But you bing the shit out of all that shit. Guys, I bing. It's not something I like to talk about. I don't want to. Sometimes you go Jeeves to bing, and sometimes you go bing to Jeeves, depending on the results. But... Yeah, I'm, I'm just not afraid of new technologies. Do you know what I mean? No. I'm one of those people that says yes. Let me You're have like, this. like Alta Vista? Yes. <laughs> do you Yahoo? I sure do. AOL chat, don't mind if I do. I do have mail. <laughs> but they make amends and make erotic love on the carpet in one of the living spaces and uh, reflected in a pair of eyeglasses that are that have been removed in throes of lovemaking, we see Quaid standing at the threshold of the door. Of their oh, he's watching, in the house. Watching he's this lovemaking go down. Yep. So, but their so their erotic energy between the two of them, despite the fact that they're completely unreasonable, both of them, um, it 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 stays strong. Yes. Okay. Well, uh, I would say this is the first time Dennis Quaid has actually intruded. I think that that counts. Is that an intrusion? Well, he wasn't I mean, invited in for this. It's a literal home intrusion. <laughs> he intruded on the car, if we believe Mike. His cigarette certainly did. Yeah. And he's and he's trespassed. Yeah, but he's now he's gone on to full intrusion. Was he packing heat while standing in the doorway? Not that I could tell. Mm. Unless he, he means just like his magnetic he... heat, in which case, yes, and he was oh, always I... packing that. <laughs> was he smiling, creepy, or is this more of a grim uh, stare? Uh, more of a grim envy. Does he okay. want to get on that Megan Good train? Is that what's happening here? A bit, yeah. Or is he envious of having uh, a passion to bring into this home like he used to have in his old life? Uh, yeah. Both. Megan in particular and the enjoyment of his beloved home. On another night, uh, Ely and Megan go on a fun date night into town, checking out one of the local eateries. Because as I said, uh, other than the ice cream shop, I don't think she's been seen outside of the home all movie it's just is there waiting for the men folk to come and go it sounds but, like their budget was limited <laughs> yeah on this 3.3 mil home oh you mean the movie's budget yes <laughs> yeah i suppose i mean dennis quaid don't come cheap but they are enjoying this evening and ely says why don't we go for a nightcap and uh why don't we check out dennis quaid on his turf because they notice that the royal hotel where he has claimed to be staying is across the street and she's like why do we need to do that he says let's just go check it out and lo and behold he happens to be sitting at the hotel bar all right okay so right. they have a lovely drink and a laugh the three of them no they have a very tense drink and a stern you need to stay away from a drunken michael ely even though he approached quaid yeah like you need yeah. to stop coming by and Uh-oh. he wanted to deliver that message so yeah. that's why he was pushing to go over there yeah and uh, mm. i think at this point maybe a bit earlier he has tried to file a restraining order against dennis quaid and at this point uh the cops called to say we we have it on record and our only problem right now is that we can't serve the restraining order on him because he's not a resident of the address he provided. He's not actually staying at that hotel. 
Um, that's the reason they can't. Um, what? They can't find him to serve the order on him. Oh, they if they can't physically okay, find him, they can't find him. They can't find. It's him. not a paperwork issue, Jeremy. Ely goes for a run uh, in the neighborhood, and as he is doing so, he is clipped by a truck and like heaved off the road into a ditch. Oh my God. <laughs> Yeah. Is he running? Was he running on the side of the road? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Like in a, you know, like a rural country road. Country road. Yeah. Was he running on the right side or the left side? He was running. Important question. He was running in the same as if he was the car. Is that right or Uh, wrong? That's That's on the right side. I think that's wrong. On a country road with no sidewalks, I think you should actually run towards oncoming traffic. You're supposed to walk or run on the left side if there's no sidewalk. Um, cut two, he's in the hospital, Megan is there, he's got a concussion, he has to stay the night, she offers to sleep over, and he says, no, I'll just get some rest, why don't you go get comfortable at home? Really? Doesn't really consider who did this, or how this accident went down, none of that is discussed, she goes home, and at the same time, Mike comes by and reports that he looked into Dennis Quaid and has discovered that he had all these really bad business dealings. His construction engineering company went belly up. He was accused of fraud. He had all these loans he had to pay and was on the verge of getting arrested. And so Ely says, oh, he didn't want to sell his house. He had to. I'm like, yeah, no kidding. He clearly didn't want to sell his house. And what does that have to do with being arrested for fraud? Nothing. But okay, I guess he's uh, cleaned up his mess. Quaid shows up with a pizza to the house and he says, I heard that Ely was in the hospital. How did you hear that? I don't know, because she does not ask him. Uh, And he says, I thought you might be hungry. I remember when Ellen was dying and how lonely it was to come home from the hospital to a dark and empty house, and I just thought I would bring this offering for you. And of course, being the compassionate, powerful woman that she is, she invites him to join her and enjoy the pizza together. That's that's what a powerful woman does. That's just just (laughs) good manners. Ely does not call to really tell her any of the things he's learned about him, but he does ask Mike to get one of the IT guys at their office to look up Quaid and dive in deeper to see about his backstory. What does Mike do again? He works at the same company as Ely. But he's more on the IT side or something? Or he knows an IT guy? Yeah, he's just going to get their communal gotcha. IT guy to, to do this light cool. Google search. Yeah. What does Mike bring to the table? He knows an IT guy. <laughs> and he smokes. <laughs> smokes. He loves pissing all over the place. <laughs> Pivotal. Well, Ely also says, can you stop by and check on Megan before you go back to San Francisco? And he says, sure, buddy. So he arrives at the house, and he sees that Quaid's truck is parked there, and that frustrates him. So he parks at the end of the driveway to be able to approach more surreptitiously, which he does. And Quaid spots him through the window, and he says to Megan, Don't get worked up, but I've noticed a prowler on the grounds. Don't. It's okay. Don't call the cops. Let me go check it out. And being... The powerful but complacent, passive, takes no action, believes everything, does not have any curiosity of her own. She says, okay, cool. Thanks, Dennis Quaid. 
he runs and, out at full speed and somehow grabs an axe that's just like there on the lawn, like in a stump for some reason. Yeah, for chopping wood. That's yeah. yes, you got to keep the axe by the wood pile. Okay, who's been chopping? We, well, well I guess he has. He's there yeah. all the time. <laughs> He's there all the time. We, we know about that something. Axe He's just standing around watching them hap- bone passionately. Yeah, he didn't happen upon that axe. That, that axe, he knew that axe was exactly where well, it was. he's running for it, and he startles Mike, and he says, Oh, Mike, I didn't realize it was you. What are you doing here? But, of course, he did know it was him because they locked eyes through the window. And he says, Mike, Mike, you can't just roam around like this. This is country. This is country territory. Someone could just, you know, ring out and shoot you, and you have to announce yourself properly. This is very dangerous. You're shaking like a leaf. And he says, yeah, you're right. I shouldn't have done that. And Quaid says, it's okay. Let me just walk you back to your car. Calm down. Calm down. Why don't you have a cigarette? He says, I don't want one. He says, why don't you have a cigarette? I'm good. Why don't you have a cigarette? He's like, okay. So he takes one out. And Quaid says, hey, can I have one? And he says, I thought you quit. Or you weren't into that. And he says, come on. So he takes one. And then instead of lighting it, he puts it on his ear. Like, I'm going to save this for later. Okay. And Quaid puts it on his ear. Yeah. And the Quaid's result... funny. It's a, it's a <laughs> cool guy move. Yeah, yeah this is I'm telling you. Quaid yeah, is can I have a, Let's have a smoke together. Nope, I'm just saving it for later. Yep. That is a, that is a power move. Yeah. Yep. It really was. And so they're walking, and he asks Mike, do you believe in second chances? And he says, sure. He says, no, I mean, like, literally a second chance. If you had the chance to get back what was once yours, you would do it, right? He says, I guess so. And he says, well, that's what I'm doing. All I have to do is get rid of Michael Ely. And on that note, as he says it, he swings the axe right into Mike's gut. I, I knew it was coming. Um, and <laughs> you really did. It, it, he, that doesn't, that didn't the soften guts. the pain. One an bit. axe to the guts. That is a rough one. That is... This is the first actual violence that happens in the movie, correct? Yeah. Yeah, he shot a deer and, and he, hit... Well, he hit Ely with a car. Oh, yeah. Oh, right. <laughs> I'm <laughs> but, yeah. Still, that's a, like it's a, it's a wild move. An axe to the guts. Yeah, Jeremy, are you okay? Mike had so much to live for. <laughs> yeah, that he unnamed his, woman that he might have like loved. Like his relationship woman. <laughs> his partner. Who can forget Mike's partner? Where's Mike's partner going to go now? What's she going to do with her life now? Not and let's not forget the IT all, guy so. that he knows. I mean, yeah, he had a that rich IT life. Guy. They were friends. Oh, Mike. They probably emailed each other, maybe saw each other in the cafeteria sometimes. Maybe they even shared a lunch from time to time. Probably. Probably probably bitched about their bosses, maybe, to each other. And now that Mike has no stomach, he can't go to lunch anymore. (laughs) There'd be no need. No. R.I.P. Mike, you are too pure for this world. (laughs) Wait, is he actually dead? Or did he go through the axe to the guts? He's dead, and Quaid mutters, now what am I going to do with you? Yeah, seriously, they're on the driveway. Yep, well, we don't know what he does with him, but he, short time later, he struggles his way back to the house, pouring with sweat, in a way that I really related to him at this moment. Um, Any blood? Hunky? No blood, but just, like, profuse sweat, visible, bloody mm-hmm. sweat, and a bit of a limp. It's like, guy oh, I twisted my ankle running after the guy. Uh, let me just sit down for a minute and he's like 
This is when full Quaid, like, really escalates. He looks mental. He's sweating, and he, like, his grin is, like, exploding off his face. She takes does, he, off his... does, he, t- t- does he take his shirt off? Not yet. Oh. Yes. <laughs> He's like, I'm sweating so much, you know? Yeah. And then... Oh, I forgot. There's this one really weird moment a few show-ups ago. I think after Ely said, don't come. We just see him shirtless in, like, at his bed for no reason, just to show that he's really weirdly old-bodied but jacked, and he just, like, is staring in the mirror, shaking, and having, like, a panic attack. Mm. So that has already happened. I forgot about that. That's his his taxi driver scene. Yeah. But back to this. Sweaty, crazed, grinning, mental. She takes off his boot, and she's looking at it, and while she's looking at the boot... He leans toward her and starts sniffing at her like a rabid dog. Um, she doesn't notice that, but I noticed it, and I was uncomfortable. But also very comfortable. Yeah. <laughs> like, but were you also very comfortable? I was a lot of I things, think, but I was still yeah. Team Quaid. Team Quaid, and also Quaid is making me uncomfortable. It was cr- like he was like sniffing, like long <laughs> inhalations. And with this grin and this sweat, it was a lot. It was a lot for me. So this is where he went from ultra to mega. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. And he's like, oh, maybe I should stay the night. It's not safe here. She's like, she gets finally a little bit weirded out. She's like, no, it's okay. I'll be fine. It was probably just those high school kids again. Because she doesn't know that Mike has been. Mm-hmm. Um, no. She's an innocent. Yeah, and so he presumably does leave. The next morning, while she's in the shower, Quaid shows up again, and he's just staring at her from the bathroom door, lasciviously staring at her bathing through, like, frosted shower doors, and then he does take off his shirt. Um, oh. And... <laughs> Sorry, please continue. <laughs> please continue immediately. <laughs> well... To my, I was like, is he just going to go in the shower with her shortly? That would have been, that would have changed me on this movie completely. Like, if he just stepped into the shower with her, I don't know, I I would fucking love it. (laughs) Sam, that is a crazy choice. (laughs) Tell me that that happens. Doesn't happen. I wanted it to, but I also didn't want it. I was struggling with like a lot of emotions. It doesn't happen only because it's interrupted by the ringing of of a telephone. Oh, so, but he was on his way. He was going to do that, yes. But, but, that, is, but to be, that is the most baller move of all time. There's no other reason to take off his shirt. So yes, I mean, he was going to. When do I that. say baller, I mean also very rapey. But oh yeah, yeah. You mean like literal balls? But <laughs> so he's gonna do this. This is on, and yeah. a phone ringing <laughs> breaks it up. Yeah. He's like, this is gonna work really well. <laughs> but then a phone rings, and he has to run and hide because. To be yeah. interrupted by a phone ringing would somehow... Well, none of it makes sense because she doesn't hear the phone. And oh. so she's, like, wandering around in, like, her hair in a turban in her bathrobe. And she doesn't even look closet? at her missed calls. So it oh. was Ely calling to say, like, I'm ready to come, come home from the hospital. So she doesn't notice that, doesn't check on him, doesn't care, to the point where he just Ubers home. So then what did the phone call... The phone call didn't break up her rhythm. What, did not. What... What did the phone ringing stop? Nothing. Did Dennis, did, did Dennis Quaid stop approaching when he heard the phone ring? Yes. For some so reason. Where is he now? 
what? Where is he now? Well, he just, you know, off into the mist, as he does. Then, oh, he left. Yeah, well, kind of. of. So Neely shows up, like, soon after from his Uber, and Quaid is there, smoking Mike's cigarette, in, uh-huh. you know, part two of his baller power pose. Yeah, yeah. so baller. And he's holding a bouquet of foxglove, and Ely says, stay away from my wife, you need to stop coming here, why are you even bringing my wife flowers? And he says, it's foxglove, I thought she'd be interested, it's so rare. And I would think, and you might think, that the poisonous foxglove was going to be in play again in a poison manner, it is not. Okay. Yeah, I did think that, and I, as soon as you started saying that last thing, I realized that that was not the case. Nope. I, I guess it still functions as a threat, though. Like, he's, we all know it's poisonous, and so he's, it, at least it, while I would have thought the same thing you guys, I, at the very least, it still functions as a symbolic threat. He's holding poison. He's yes. spent, he's just sure. spent time with the man's wife, so it's more poetic than, uh. And practical. Sure, and they were cool looking. But anyway, he leaves. Ely and Megan get into a fight, and he says, why was he here last night? Why are you having pizza with him? Are you even listening to what you're saying? How did he know that I wasn't here? Because she says, he offered to keep me company while you were gone. He's like, what? do you hear the words you're saying? How would he have known that? Why would you let him in? I begged you to keep him away, and that he made me uncomfortable, and that there's something really off with this guy. And I'm in the hospital, and you bring him into our home. All fair points. Super fair. To which she replies. I'm sure she has a great explanation. <laughs> yeah, she's like, he brought me pizza. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I can understand that, actually. Yeah, case closed. And a good saw well, at the right moment. <laughs> yeah. And he says, well, where's Mike? Did he join you? She's like, I don't, what do you mean? He was never here. So he's now very concerned about Mike, who has not shown up, has not been showing up for work that day. Uh, he contacts the IT guy, our favorite character in the movie, and the IT guy says, no, he hasn't shown up. Uh, haven't haven't talked to him since you put me on the case. But no one really questions the obvious connection. Like, I told Mike to come. Quaid was there. Quaid's crazy. Mike is missing. Like, no one is connecting any dots. Okay. Which is wild. Uh... Let's see. Okay, so now Ely is back at work. He's talking to the IT guy again, and IT guy says, I couldn't find that much, but I did do a little digging, and I found Quaid's daughter's phone number, and she changed her name legally two years ago. He's like, two years ago? That's when his wife died. Something's not adding up. Or, like, something is adding up, but it's weird. (laughs) Fucking Mike. (laughs) Something... (laughs) Is adding up. <laughs> so, okay, Quaid shows up again while Ely's yeah, at work. Of course. And he's of now. He that should know, be the title of this movie. <laughs> he shows up at the house or work? At the or house. Ely's at, at work. Again. He shows up yeah. at the house. He's now fully unhinged. And he just is going on and on saying, Everything I've been doing, everything that I'm going to do is for you and for us. And he's saying this to Megan. All right. Okay. And because at one point earlier, Elise says, like, I don't like the way he looks at you flirtatiously, which never really, I thought, stood out until the dog sniffing in the shower. (laughs) (laughs) And the shower, the whole I'm going to join her in the shower. Yeah, but after that. She's going to love this. (laughs) Yeah. So she's like, what do you mean? He's like, everything I'm doing is for us. 
everything's going to be okay. Finally, she's a little bit scared. Ely tries calling the daughter that he got the phone number for, but when she hears him say, I'm calling about your father, Dennis Quaid, she hangs up. He keeps trying to get through. Back to the house. Megan asks Quaid to leave. She's like, I'm not really feeling well. Everything's going to be okay, but I, I just need to go rest. Like, can you can we talk about this later? And uh, presumably, he does leave. Then presumably, yeah. As you, this guy never leaves. As you very acutely took note of earlier about the linen closet, she notices that it looks a little bit ajar. So I'll describe it better now. The linen closet part is built in, uh, very shallow shelves. Like, it doesn't look nearly big enough to accommodate even my pretty skimpy amount of linens. Sure. All right. And so... You open the door and you think, these shelves should have gone a little deeper in. Yeah, so it's little doors that uh, come out, open toward you. But then she realizes that if you push the whole thing forward beyond the closet, it would open into a secret tunnel. Okay, I, I do enjoy secret tunnels. <laughs> I have yeah. to admit, yeah. anytime a secret really... tunnels in a movie, I'm like, okay, I like this a bit more now. <laughs> yeah. yeah, a late edition, yep. but I was charmed by it. That's so, intrusion technology. That's yeah. thinking ahead. Well, I mean, he was some sort of construction structural engineer. Oh, good point. His business fell apart because he was too busy making secret tunnels in his, in his own home. <laughs> yep. Which probably, if I were in his situation, I would do the same. <laughs> If you had that nice a home, that home deserves secret skills? tunnels. Yeah. Oh, how much do you wish you had a secret tunnel in your own home? It's more my, than anything. Since I was a child, oh. I've dreamt about it. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> I'm not kidding. Aww. Okay, so there's a secret tunnel. <laughs> secret tunnel, and so she slides down it. It's actually a secret tunnel slide. Oh, oh. that's awesome. And that's so up... much more awesome. <laughs> yeah, that's so awesome. <laughs> <laughs> fuck, fuck this movie. Let's just talk about secret tunnel slides. <laughs> Well, she ends up in a basement bunker where Quaid has been living all this time. Oh, my God. That's incredible. (laughs) So, wait. You can't go up a slide, so he must have another secret tunnel that lets him get up. Well, we don't really even see it. She just goes into the doorway and then, like, falls. So, maybe it's stairs, but it's definitely something that descends. Okay. So, maybe he could climb it up. Sure. Uh and, like, all his stuff is there, including all his guns. And, it's like, when we saw him in his bed area shaking, this is the bed. We just couldn't – there was no context of it earlier. But, yeah, he's just been camping out in this bunker all this time. Is his ugly tapestry there? Uh, I don't think so because they would probably put it in the garbage. Can we just, like, if he – so he didn't tell them about any of the secret passageways or – presumably anybody else he showed the house to when it was on the market. Can you imagine how much value that would have added to the to this house? Yeah, I've got a murder yeah. tunnel bunker. Yeah. So much more that's square r- footage. That's rad. Yeah. <laughs> You're like double the price. Anyway, sorry. Well, she follows the path and ends up the exit area is in the shed. The shed that he had, had the mower in, the shed that he kept mentioning all his plant stuff was. And was creepy about. That's why. That's the uh, the in and Jeremy, out. Jeremy, you called it. Yeah. Other things on the property. You did. Mm-hmm. 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 I don't want to call too much attention to it for this moment, but yeah, you're really on the case. 
Thank you. Well, she peers out from Shuggles. the shed and sees Quaid looking at himself, I think in a happy way, but definitely a creepy way, in the and, car's and, reflection. He's just standing in the front of the house. Like, he's left, okay. but he's gone f- steps from the front door. And he's just looking and at look, himself in the car reflection in, like, a it. creepy, jokery way. And he looks over at the shed and sees her. She does nothing to hide uh, or hope that he doesn't notice her. He screams no and gives chase. Meanwhile, back to Mike Lealy, he's in the car, he's driving back to the home from San Francisco, and he does finally get through to the daughter again, and he says, I bought your house, and I just need more information, like, something's not right, is your dad moving to Florida with you? She says, I live in Maine, the last thing on earth I would let is my father be around me, if he showed up on my door, I would kill him, and by the way, I thought he was going to have an adult daughter, like, who could accommodate him. In this home that he was That's what I thought. claiming, but she's like a late teen. What? Okay. But she Maybe lives on her 20. own. I don't know. Super mm-hmm. unclear. And okay. he says, my father murdered my mother because she wanted a divorce and was going to take his house or like they were going to have to sell the house. And there was no way he was going to let that happen because all he's ever cared about and all he will care about is that house. So good day to you. And then we get a bit of a flashback <laughs> of him uh, cobaining. Her, the wife. Mm. Okay, so Quaid and Megan get into a chase and a tussle uh, in the underground lair area where she finds Mike's corpse strung up. Oh. Doesn't really slow right. her down. She just uh, keeps running, but Quaid does knock her out and carries her like a man carrying his bride up the stairs, but she's unconscious. And he's like, this moment has been like destined and he takes her into the bedroom she's unconscious and he he with his teeth attempts to take off her shirt it's hard for me to say it was really it was a lot for me to have to watch Um, i can't tell what kind of emotions you're going through right this moment like horror real horror yeah it was hard it was hard even though i was team quaid this was not an easy scene for me. Was the bridge too far? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, you know. Yeah, so he's biting off her shirt you do to a lady. and like licking Ugh. upwards and Ugh. saying like just kiss me. Just it it was not good. It She's still not unconscious? Right. Still unconscious. Sounds oh like he was really selling the performance though. Yeah, I I was so disturbed. So kudos okay. to Dennis Quaid. Um Ely finally arrives home and that distracts him from his lick play and so instead <laughs> he hog ties her <laughs> okay like a deer yep yeah because he's got those like tie things oh, Zip ties. Ties? yeah he's just got them on him for some reason sure. because he's a murderer rapist <laughs> he's, a ha- he's a handyman <laughs> <laughs> he does cable management with them um <laughs> <laughs> the two guys Home can do a fight, and he pushes Mike Lealy off the balcony to injury, but not death. Oh. It goes back for Megan to, I guess, continue raping her. She has somehow gotten free, and she fuds him over the head with some sort of bedroom artifact. Boom. And Empowerment. There yeah, it was. Yeah, finally, <laughs> finally she's empowered. Michael gets back, Mike Lealy gets back up. 
he joins them up there. They're all fighting, the two of them, two on one. Quaid is seemingly going to be victorious, and then finally she stabs at him, and he runs With... off. I think his own pocket knife. Okay. Mm-hmm. Befitting. Oh, no. She had taken a knife earlier that clattered when they were first fighting, and then Ely brings that kitchen knife upstairs. So I think, and then she gets a hold of it. I would want not want to go up to get against uh, Psycho Dennis Quaid in a knife fight. No, no, no. Um, let's see. Okay, so he disappears not. into his lair. Megan tells Ely, "Hey, by the way, Mike's dead body is down here. There's a whole secret lair. I'll fill you in later." And so mm-hmm. they hide in a different bedroom. He's like, "It's okay. I'll find. You know, I've got a plan." Which he doesn't. But they're in there hiding, just like trembling together. Quaid has gone to his basement area and gotten his shotgun so he's just shooting up the joint now which is a little bit odd because he loves that house and he's not shooting with purpose he's just shooting it up interesting and including when he shoots down the chandelier and is like lights off um oh god (laughs) so he's gone to catchphrase mode yeah he breaks into the bedroom so he's shooting, he's shooting, so whatever. Finally, he shoots into the door, gets into the bedroom, and they're there. And looks like it's going to be the last blow for them. But Ely gets the drop on him. They get into another fight. He has his baseball bat from before and smashes in his quaid into the face. So he's neutralized for the moment. And he take, Mike Lee takes the gun and he tells Megan to go get your phone. So she leaves to go get her phone. And he's holding the gun, and it seems like he's holding it, like, with nerves, because, as you recall, he was passionately anti-gun before. Uh-huh. Which I was like, okay, well, he's not going to use the gun. That He would never, like, he would never use a gun, because that's so against his principles. Yeah, he's very clear about that. Yeah, and he's already baseball bat in the face, this guy. There's all, already been a knife. Like, there are other ways. <clears throat> Quaid is yelling, you're a pussy, you would never shoot me. Oh. And... <laughs> Confident. I thought, I thought he was unconscious. <laughs> he breaks out from it. So he's like slumped on the ground and his face is like half bashed in and he's slurry because of that. He's like bleeding out mm-hmm. of the mouth. This um, is the swaggiest thing he's done since <laughs> borrowing a cigarette and then not smoking it. Yeah. <laughs> and somehow he references like, not only are you pussy, but it's not loaded somehow. And then... <laughs> Like, I don't know how Michael Ely even knows his way around a shotgun, given his city and anti-gun ways, but he kind of does, and he's like, check your pocket. I Like, there's one more, which made no sense, but somehow he knew there was one more round, or he, like, put in a new round. So he's like, cock the gun, is that how, what you say? Prepared wait, it? Wait, Ely says to Quaid, check your pocket? Yeah. Does Quaid check his pocket? Yeah, and there's nothing there, but I don't really there. understand. I mean, so he, he took one of the had the shells in his pocket, and he I, took it. I guess he's implying so. that and he loaded the gun. The bullets, yeah. That he yeah. Took and then the he of... and then he racks the gun. Is the term you were looking racks for? Gun, yes. A pump, a pump action shotgun. Uh, That's the yeah, one. And it's like the type that like it goes into a ninety degree, and then you flick it, and then it like rejoins. And... Oh no, that's that's a different kind. That's uh... oh, he loaded the chamber then. So it's a rifle. It's a no, rifle. It's a it's the shotgun where they it like. It looks like you break it in half, yeah. and then you put oh. the yeah, you know that oh, kind. He the, so he put oh, so he put the shells in the chamber. He he confirmed that the shells were in the chamber. It sounds like. I guess yeah. I guess he did it like out of sight, and so now he's holding it, like wielding it on him, 
and like clicks it. I don't know. It's like it's ready. It's in shoot mode. Um, shoot mode. Yeah. Shoot mode. Yeah. That's what it's called. <laughs> <laughs> and Megan comes back in and she sees, you know, that he's in the aggressive stance. And I think, okay, just like if you want to kill him, just bash his face in more. There are other ways, dude. You're so anti-gun. You've made such a big deal out of it. But anyway, he's like, make the call. So somehow she knows that this means call the police, which she does, and they say, you know, what's your emergency? She says, please come to whatever address. My husband has just shot an intruder. And then he shoots him. End scene. End movie. Uh, Bold ending. (laughs) Bold ending. Ely pulled the trigger. Yep. She could have taken it and done it for him, so he wouldn't have had to do it. But he, he, I mean, he did have the vendetta all throughout the movie. And meanwhile, she embraced Quaid with open arms right up until almost the end of the movie. I was certain that he was going to turn the gun the other way and just use, like, the butt end to smash his face. But you also weren't expecting the movie to end right at that moment, right? Well, I thought maybe there would be, like, a little bit of a cool down, but I did think he was going to get killed. I just think it's going to go gone. That's all. You think it's going to go gone? I like, yeah, I, I, I didn't either, but I like the choice. It's like um, the victory came at a cost. He had to sink to a level he wouldn't have, you know? But he, he was didn't to intrude have to. on his own ethics. He didn't have to, and that's well what I'm saying. Oh, yeah, good point. No limit forever. Get money. She looked like a movie star. That one, that one. Uh, that one. Monster in here. She got that good. Watch how she turn heads when she walk. Whoa, whoa, keep aside, big. Got the baddest bitch up in here right beside me. Whoa, whoa, keep aside, big. Got the baddest bitch up in here right beside me. She got that good. That making good. She the coldest motherfucker in the hood. She got that good. That making good. Them lips up face, she bad. Bad is in the club I seen. Make me go equal friendly and spin my green. I don't pop no pills, but she my drug. Got to have shorty like Khalifa need bud. I'm on that girl, cause she my type. Got a supermodel face, but if she have to, she'll fight. I'm on little mama, cause shorty she so real. My nigga, she so ill, but shorty she so chill. She don't talk to a nigga when she mad at night. But she'll fix a nigga something up, that's right Whoa, 